Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Annapolis. Start your 2024 off right with some new clothes from Leon Tailoring. Something new, something tailor-made, something ready-made, or something custom-made. they got the finest in men's and ladies' apparels, and they also take care of you as well. They've been around for almost so near 100 years and some change, and don't stick around that long unless you're getting it right. So get it over to Leon Tailoring, tell them Abdul sent you, and they'll take care of you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. I'm Jim Durst, Superintendent of the Indiana School for the Blind and Visually Impaired, and I'm pleased to welcome you to our campus. We're delighted that Governor Holcomb chose our school to present his agenda this morning. We're proud to be part of a state under the leadership of Governor Holcomb that values and is committed to providing quality educational programs for students and for ensuring that the needs of Indiana students who are blind visually impaired, deaf, and hard of hearing will be addressed well into the future. Since 1847, the Indiana School for the Blind and Visually Impaired has served Hoosier children. Thanks to the leadership of Governor Holcomb and the Indiana General Assembly, by 2030, this building and campus will operate as the Indiana School for the Blind and Visually Impaired and the Indiana School for the Deaf. Our school, which is one of the largest schools for the blind in the country based on the number of students served, offers both on-campus and off-campus programs to students who are blind or visually impaired residing in Indiana. The school provides students with the same coursework and instruction required of school, all school-aged children in Indiana, in addition to the expanded core and vision-specific curriculum. Without further ado, Ladies and gentlemen, the 51st governor of the state of Indiana, Eric J. Holcomb. Thank you, Jim. Uh, thank you, Jim, for hosting us first and foremost in this magnificent uh, auditorium. It's the perfect kind of backdrop and venue for what we've all been about for the last seven now going on eight years, making sure that we're preparing students for those next steps in life. Uh, and thank you for your, I won't exactly date you, but your over three decades of service. Um, you, you traced this back to 1847 and I saw the a memorial plaque out front from 1938, and the General Assembly and I are flat out excited about where we're heading. And by 2023, this is one of the biggest capital improvement projects that the state has ever undertaken. And it's because of your stewardship and your whole crew that has not just been accommodating to us for this, but to so many students who are getting off on the right first steps and on the right path. So thank you and happy new year to everyone here. I see so many uh, familiar faces and this is also just so appropriate uh, that you are here because I'm going to start off with this Hoosier playbook before I land on the agenda specific items. But the playbook was really born out of conversations with people here on the ground and very specific zip codes 
border to border, and when I see Marcy and from Owen County, and I see Heather and from Lake County, and I see Wendy from uh, New Albany, Clark Floyd County area, one Southern Indiana. Uh, when I see Mark Fisher from the Realtors Association, you'll you'll see where all this information is coming from soon, but it's coming from the from the ground and it's coming from the ground up. And that's why this playbook works. That's why it's underscores is how important collaboration is and partnering can be. It's what's gotten our state to the position that we're, that we're in. And I have outlined this in 12 pieces. Your puzzle might have 15 pieces. Your puzzle might have eight pieces. You might combine some of the pieces, but ultimately this will be very interactive. This will be um, focused, looking through a lens of our customers, citizens, and local leaders, how they may access all the programs that the legislature year after year after year appropriates dollars to programs that really do make a difference. And in getting around the state over these last seven years, I've just come to notice whether it's a, a local government or a philanthropic um, organization, local leaders, some know about some of the programs, some don't know about some of the programs. And so how can we better connect chambers, local leaders, et cetera, in a very easy way where it's simply you're clicking on a program and they're organized in a pretty straightforward fashion. So we'll, I'm going to dive into these very kind of at a high level, but the 12 pieces as I've gotten around start with obviously um, the first five, quite frankly, are pretty foundational. They're the, the health and the education level, skill levels uh, of an individual that then ultimately have a huge impact collectively. And so various programs, and we are coming off of our Health First Indiana program that is designed and built again from the ground up locally. But then there's a lot of other programs like the Nurse Family Partnership, the My Healthy Baby uh, program. I don't see Lindsay. I do see Lindsay. Lindsay, we're finally, as of May, right, we're in all 92 counties. Uh, so locals can take advantage of these resources. And when I, I use that word advantage of very purposely, uh, but they also include others. And there will be more added to this list, or, but I wanted to keep the font so that you could read it. Uh, but lead testing and disability uh, uh, services and assistance, smoking cessation, the list just goes on and on and on. But just realize that there are Hoosiers taking advantage of those programs. And just as important as our physical health is our mental health. And again, the legislature in these recent years have really leaned into this, rightly so, to make sure that we're not just providing awareness, but also access to programs that can make a difference. If someone is wanting uh, to, to get clean or to get well, 
I want them to know that there are people, real people, not just a website, not just a let me put you on hold, but real people that want to help them get well. And we're trying to make it as easy and seamless as possible statewide, whether it's urban, rural, or suburban environments. And so we'll continue to look for ways to increase awareness of these um, various programs so that folks know there are beds available and they're closer than they've ever been uh, before. We then move into um, the status of how skilled are we, how educated are we, uh, county by county by county. We know that when um, we're trying to land a deal, they're looking at how healthy is the workforce, how skilled is the workforce, how educated is the workforce. And those are strong magnetic forces to where they ultimately make their decision. Whether And that's a global, I'm looking at uh, Rolls Royces in the house here, and um, the conversations that we have revolve around these first five. We get the tax and the regulatory environment, but it really comes down to the people that are going to ensure that the business is able to grow. And so we've worked um, very hard and will continue to make sure that we can expand um, our child care, our early learning providers and services so more people uh, can participate uh, in the workforce. And that means uh, more access to um, programs like On My Way Pre-K and making sure that we're kindergarten ready and uh, the Imagination Library, which with the help of um, folks in the legislature and uh, Dolly Parton herself, we've, we've grown that program already from 43 to I think it's now 71 counties where 90,000 kiddos got a book last month personalized, sent to their, to their home. So this is another one of those programs that is working, uh, and I couldn't be uh, more grateful to the support we've gotten in the legislature to make that happen so fast. In terms of K through 12 education as well, this is something that is just directly linked uh, to a community's destiny, if you will, and making sure that our students are on a pathway that fulfills their, hopefully, passion and purpose in life. And there's so many. Uh, this is one of those areas where our schools are offering so many different programs uh, to meet the needs of a specific student. You can almost drown in this sea of acronyms or programs. So we're trying to make it easier uh, to access, whether it's the JAG program that has about a 95% graduation rate um, attached to students who were maybe wayward or didn't have that purpose, didn't know what direction they were going to pursue, and they get into this JAG program and all of a sudden they start to realize and see their path. And so we want to make sure that whatever it is uh, that's offered in our various K-12 through system that students are getting, uh, they're seeing that pathway lit up at a very early age. And then we're making it very transparent, not just on this, uh, in this playbook, but also with Dr. Jenner, with your GPS portal, making it, making all this information 
available to the community and to local leaders so that they know not just rates, but what programs, businesses know which schools are offering which programs that they may need more students uh, to be involved in their, in their business. And then post uh, high school, in this ever-changing uh, workplace and work environment, we need to make sure that we're keeping up with those changes as well in the programs that the state of Indiana offers in terms of adults who want to reskill, in terms of uh, adults that want to upskill, folks who have a change of mind in their profession. Uh, there are programs in place in Indiana uh, that are making a huge difference. These are some of the uh, most gratifying testimonials that you'll hear when you learn of the businesses that are taking uh, part in the employer training grants or the individuals who are taking advantage of the work, uh, the worker readiness grants, work ready grants, and tens of thousands of Hoosiers since we began offering this uh, are reskilling and upskilling and getting into another uh, line of work. And so we want to make sure that it's as simple as whether you're an employee or an employer, you can go find what program that you need according to your pursuit. Um, and it's, like I said, easy as clicking on it and um, getting involved. We're also blessed here in the state of Indiana um, in, in all of our backyards, close, uh, with world-class colleges and, and universities. And obviously we have some 30 private institutions, but we've got research um, universities, Indiana University, Purdue University, Notre Dame, we've got Ball State, USI, ISU, the list goes on and on and on, Ivy Tech, Vincent University, that are campuses in our backyards. And we want to make sure as a state, again, because of the legislature that has historically been one of the top five most generous states in terms of financial aid and assistance, making sure folks who are eligible can go on um, and pursue college. Um, we want to make sure that we're all taking advantage of that, that, we're, that when a student says, I want to pursue uh, going to college, that, that they have the means to do so. And again, we want to make it easier for folks to access those programs, to access that financial aid, in addition to what we're doing with 21st Century Scholars, making sure that we're trying to maximize the programs um, that folks like Chris Lowry are, are saying, we're open and we're ready for more business, not just doing business as usual. I'm seeing, I'm looking at Rick Wajda and, and I mentioned Mark Fisher earlier and, and they have said no housing, no people, no jobs. And this is um, quite frankly what every state in America is trying to fill those housing inventory gaps according to the different levels of affordability. And we've come a long way. We've got a revolving loan fund that we've recently um, signed into law, $75 million and um, we've got a, a ready 1.0 program that um, 
leveraged up about that 500 million that was appropriated ended up being over 12 billion. Four billion of that 12 uh, was devoted to housing infrastructure on a month in, month out basis. Um, Indiana is issuing more single family home building permits than every state that we touch. And we're always neck and neck with Ohio and um, and they're a much bigger, higher populated state than Indiana. So you can see that we're making gains like a few other states. We were the only state in the top 10 in the Midwest represented uh, just a couple months ago. And so we got to continue to lean in, whether it's, again, urban, rural or suburban, whatever the environment, we have to make sure uh, that the housing is there for the citizens, residents, and ultimately the workforce. And then the, this piece of the puzzle, I think, is um, paramount in, in placemaking in the world in which we live in uh, today. Oftentimes, we've all heard people choose where they're going to live before where they're going to work, and then they, they make that decision. Um, I had the good fortune of sitting next to someone at the uh, recent Colts game, I won't dwell on the outcome, but um, someone who I'd never met and she was using her time wisely and um, lobbying for more trails and more trees and more outdoor amenities, even in the last two minutes. Um, <laughs> but I was polite, um, but she was right. I mean, this, this, the common denominator in, in a lot of growing communities is always the outdoor amenities and the vibrancy of a community. And because of Ready and other programs uh, that are being demonstrated border to border throughout our state, we've made significant gain. And now we're known as a trail champion, as an example, or a leader in fill in the blank in terms of uh, outdoor amenities. Obviously, our infrastructure platform or our ability to connect in every way uh, is paramount to a state that finds itself located in the heart of the heartland and one who uh, seeks to support our logistics um, sector at large. Every which way we connect, we have to be making these investments, and they're not just state investments, but we're looking at how the state can complete that final mile from the interstate uh, to the you know, factory garage door. Um, more broadband internet, more trails, making sure that our ports, both air and water, are uh, sufficiently uh, funded to continue to attract that freight business that is just so important to the future of our state. These programs go from a very high level state approach or perspective all the way down to programs like community crossings that, um, again, make sure that we're able to complete that final mile. Can never lose sight of whether it's a local community or, or the state of Indiana, kind of the, the golden goose or what funds everything else, and that is making sure that we have a magnetic uh, business pro-growth environment uh, 
that is going to enable us to uh, fund all the all the other pieces. And I see um, Secretary Rosenberg and our CSO, our Chief Strategy Officer Ann Lathrop here, and they have made so much progress in making sure that you can use a portal to go into whether you're an entrepreneur, a startup business, a small business, if you're looking for VC capital, if you're looking to export, um, there is a portal, uh, Connect IND, that can send you on your way. And um, obviously, in today's world, with, with the internet as it is, um, we can connect globally, and, and industrious Hoosiers are doing just that, but they're really taking it to the next level and making sure there's ease and it's a, a seamless growth pattern. And then lastly, I think we're, we're underachieving if our target audiences, um, well, I shouldn't say lastly because there's one before that, um, just as important as good schools, great schools, for someone who is considering where to move to, obviously safe neighborhoods, are equally so, and we're increasingly making sure that our volunteer firefighters, for instance, have the training that they need where there have been pockets throughout our state that were um, vacant or, or seemingly flown over. We're trying to stitch all that together to make sure that that one level, that one standard of training is, is in place for all of our firefighters, professional and and volunteer, and then making sure that our um, state police continue to be resourced appropriately uh, with labs of this century. They were literally doing DNA testing in garages um, not long ago, but now finally um, our, uh, our state police and our law enforcement are not just paid what they deserve, but um, are also uh, resourced appropriately for the work that they, for the work that they do, and then connecting with our local communities and partnering with them is something we'll continue to lean into. And then, lastly, finally, um, we're underachieving if we're not getting the word out, if we're not connecting to all of our target audiences in terms of attracting people um, to come here to live, work, and, and play. And there's a number of programs, the In Indiana program, and uh, Elaine uh, Beadle is here with us today who runs our um, Destinations Development um, Corporation. Uh, we've got, I've, I've just put out a bunch of videos with the All Around Indiana um, program that highlights urban, suburban, and, and rural things to do, gyms throughout um, Indiana. The Economic Development Corporation has got a target audience all over the world that we're connecting with every single day to make sure that they know we're making investments in our, um, on our economic development fronts, on our community development fronts, on our workforce development fronts. Um, we've got programs like partners, like MakeMyMove.com, and just want to make sure that everyone knows you got to sell, sell, sell every single day. That's what I always say. As I wake up every day and I try to take Indiana to the world and, and bring the world back, the same is true in Owen County, Indiana. Um, 
I, I never would have known that the Dillinger gang hung out there. Marcy had not. Uh, you educated me uh, on that at the at the chamber event. So, so having said all that, um, we now look at what are the updates that we need to make sure as this year begins to unfold um, going forward, in addition to making sure uh, our partners have the Hoosier playbook and we're listening to what else needs to be on this list uh, going forward over the next 12 months. There's 12 pieces and 12 months ahead, um, but we cannot uh, take a day off or take a session off. And so we've got some legislative and administrative uh, initiatives that we're also going to be pursuing over these next 12 months to make sure, once again, uh, that we're seeking to take it to the, to the next level. And no surprise, um, I said in uh, 2017 that we were going to be almost religious about focusing on five key areas the pillars that really hold up our state. And we've done that. We've remained focused on those, those five key areas. Obviously, those subjects may broaden or narrow according to the times as fentanyl washes in or fill in the blank. But we've remained focused. And, and one of the key areas is making sure as our workforce is today where we have a peak private sector employment level and historically low unemployment level, where we have 400 plus thousand Hoosiers that don't have a high school diploma or the equivalency of one, where we have over 100,000 um, folks who, about 140,000 folks who say they want a job, say they will work, but they aren't. And so how do we connect those folks? And you start to look at the different groups, and some of them are priced out of childcare services. And so we want to make sure that we're doing all we can to never um, sacrifice quality, for sure, uh, but that we're making it more accessible, that we're making it more affordable. And here are a few ways that we'll be working with the uh, legislative leaders. I see Senator Lysing, I see Senator Rogers, I see Senator Charbonneau, I see Senator Brown, I see Senator Carrasco. Uh, we'll be working with them and others to make sure that we're expanding the field, so to speak, to make sure that we have the workforce, the trained workforce uh, available and that we're looking at bringing down cost for early learning services and, and child care. We'll also um, be working on um, increasing our reading proficiency uh, at all levels in those first steps of, of life. And obviously there's a number of things that we can do focused on tightening uh, those retention uh, efforts uh, to make sure that um, we're not just understanding, but um, supporting the sense that 
you, you first must learn to read and then you read to learn. Uh, and so we want to make sure that folks aren't put at a disadvantage in grades four, five, six, and on when they haven't mastered that uh, reading skill. So there's a number of, of initiatives that we'll be working on uh, that get right at that issue. It's also been said very simplistically that the more you learn, the more you earn. And there's a lot of truth to that when you look at the correlation studies. And, and I say the more you know, the more dough. Uh, but, um, but this is, it all starts here. And we can't we can gloss over this. And this is um, holding more important than us back, it's holding them back. And so we're going we're gonna to spend what it takes early on to make sure that um, later on uh, their prospects and their opportunities are widened. We're also going to make sure that when you look through the lens of the customer or the student in this regard, uh, we're going to be requiring our uh, state universities facilities are looking at all their degree programs and offering three-year programs where appropriate. Purdue is just one of our um, incredible world-class institutions, but they've really been a national trailblazer in reviewing their degree programs and then offering some that are three years so that if a student can uh, get through in three years and, and get on with it, uh, that's, that's available to them. And then we'll be also asking them to look at associate uh, degrees. Oftentimes, um, having Purdue or having uh, Ivy Tech and having Vincent University, again, in all of our backyards, a lot of students are going through community college and then maybe they transfer to, to one of our um, state universities um, and they don't get credit for that associate's degree that they otherwise would have earned now that they've been in a, at Purdue or IU or, or Ball State or ISU or USI. Uh, and so we're going to reverse, uh, we're going to look at this in reverse and say, what have you accumulated to date and has that earned you an associate's degree? Um, and then um, pursue that so that um, it properly uh, and appropriately reflects the skill level of our workforce. We're also rolling out, uh, see Whitney here uh, with the help of the governor's workforce cabinet at large, a new program that we're calling One Stop to Start. And this really is in an effort to make sure folks are aware of all those, and I talked about it earlier, all of those different programs. So if someone says, I keep hearing about all this capital investment, keep hearing about all these new high paying jobs, but what does it mean to me? What does it mean to my access to the American dream or realizing it? And the one stop to start campaign, and you'll think of it almost as PSAs that are coming, um, wherever you are physically or TV or radio, we're going to get the word out that we can help you skill up for the jobs uh, that are there right now and that are available in your backyard. 
Uh, and so this effort is something that I, I think it's been kind of one of the missing links, so to speak. There's a lot of good work going on locally, uh, different associations. The Indiana State Chamber has a program that does this, and obviously local communities, cities and towns have programs. We want to make sure that um, there is an umbrella as, as the state sees it, border to border again, that is making sure we're getting people plugged in so that they know whatever has interfered or intervened in their life and maybe gotten them off course, uh, they can get back on and there's people that are there to obviously help shepherd them along the way. We also want to make sure we've just taken more than note uh, of, of the cumbersome, cumbersome process that it can be in responding to disasters, uh, could be man-made or, or natural disasters. So we'll look at streamlining and um, some of that uh, paperwork, so to speak, and uh, make it easier for local leaders to respond in the now, not after the fact, not having it drag out. And so we'll be working with um, Senator Carrasco on, on this during the, during the legislature to make sure that uh, we've increased the limits as well uh, for individuals to get access to those funds sooner than waiting on um, a federal declaration in the state of Indiana. Uh, also, we'll be taking a look, uh, actually creating a task force with a lot of different um, stakeholders to, re uh, to review the recent um, bail reform efforts and, and how they're impacting uh, our public safety. And, and lastly, again, this is something that every um, state around the country is is grappling with um, is on both ends of the spectrum kind of first steps early childhood and then uh, our elders or more seasoned Hoosiers and so we'll be working with various um, social service agencies to come together to look at the aging population in Indiana, not just Medicaid recipients, but an overall 10-year plan that is contemplating um, how folks are aging in Indiana, transportation, housing, economic security, all the factors that um, folks are, and, and therefore not just dealing with, but the state will have to uh, deal with as well over the coming um, 10 years. And then we need to, as other states are as well, uh, develop an infrastructure that um, best coordinates the delivery of services to high acuity children, folks who uh, are the hardest uh, to make sure that they're, they're getting the services that they need and placed where they need to be. So again, I want to thank you all for, for not just being here, but for your years of, of work in all these different fields. 
I couldn't be more excited, quite honestly, about uh, the eighth of eight years um, and all that we're going to get done, not just during the legislative session, but then using this Hoosier playbook to, to make sure that we're improving. That's what taking it to the next level is all about, after all, is constantly seeking to improve on every front, again, to make Indiana the best place to live, work, and play. And with that, I think it's time to get back down to the State House and get to work. Uh, so thank you all for being here. Appreciate it. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.